Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum life struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premier Boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premier and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premier twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations. Ask those questions that may be playing on your mind. And above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Hey guys, welcome back to Raw the Podcast. It's Grecian here and this is my first solo podcast episode with my hubby, Justin. I decided to rope him in last minute for a dad's point of view chat after listening to Amy and Scott's podcast. Welcome. G'day. I thought it would be a good chance to sit with Justin and chat all things surrounding Riley's diagnosis and her behaviours that have become more apparent as she grows. So if you guys follow me over on my personal Instagram page, you would know that in the past two years, Riley's medical needs have kind of changed direction. And there's been lots of terms that have come up, including failure to thrive and global developmental delay. She's been diagnosed with epilepsy, specifically drop seizures after having so many scary episodes where she goes in and out of consciousness, changes color, that blue tinge around the lips and goes completely floppy and dazed. It's been scary times coming to terms with her type of seizures and each time she has an episode, it still catches us by surprise and comes with many, many emotions and after effects. How do these episodes affect you as a dad, Justin? Uh, yeah, it's it's obviously pretty challenging seeing your kid um, have that sort of episode. Um, it's probably a luck of the draw thing, but I find myself not home a lot of the time when I don't know she if that's lucky. Them. Well, for you, it's lucky you don't witness it. <laughs> no, no, perhaps luck's not the word. But I mean that that's got its own challenge because then. I get a call from you saying that Riley's having another seizure and it's kind of panic stations and I'm trying to find my way home, not knowing 
what's happening. How everything's going back there and um, yeah, it puts everything in quite a limbo because you don't, for, for me, I don't know quite how to help at that point, you know, if I'm rushing home. Mm. Um, but even those times when I have been home, uh, you know, it's it's pretty hard because you don't really know how to help her either. And how long it's going to last. What, well, yeah, that's What's right. she going to be like after? How long is that period after the seizure? Where is she's she, just wiped out. Yeah, yeah. Is, she, is she needing to go to hospital or is she okay at home? Is she stabilised? Like, And that's hard to know as well because, you know, say the seizure lasts for a few minutes and then she's starting to come around like do you still bother going to hospital where you know they're probably not going to do anything and by the time you get there she'll be fine yeah i know that like the neuros said you should take it to hospital but every time we have nothing sort of happens so you just kind of like well maybe we should just keep her home in her environment yeah it's hard to know what to do but then not only that, juggling the other girls while it's happening. Oh, yeah. Because they, <laughs> they all want to get involved. What's Riley yeah. doing? They all like, want cuddles. Mate, I need space. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> so it's usually chuck oh. the TV on. Addy, put the TV on. Hope that Macy's in bed yeah, at the time. Yeah, entertained. So it's a real juggle. But that, that applies if you do take it to hospital as well because then one of us will be at hospital with her and the other one will be freaking out at home. How's everything going at hospital? <laughs> like Still the other trying week. to manage the other kills. Like the other week when Riley had COVID, Justin took her in and then I took the other girls home and just constantly on my phone waiting to hear the yeah. updates. And there was not very many updates because nothing much was happening. No. But... Yes, so not only has she been diagnosed with epilepsy, she recently has been diagnosed with cerebral palsy after two years of us fighting and advocating for this diagnosis. So for you that don't may not know what cerebral palsy is, it's a condition marked by an impaired muscle coordination and or other disabilities typically caused by damage to the brain before or at birth, most of the time due to lack of oxygen. Having this diagnosis doesn't change Riley as a person, but allows us to access the help and support she needs. We can finally access the NDIS, which is a whole different topic I could go on about for days, but it means Riley can have weekly physio sessions to help her instead of once every eight weeks. From a father's point of view, I would love to know how you feel about the process we went through of fighting for this CP diagnosis. Mm. <clears throat> It got a bit frustrating because we could obviously see that there was something going on with Riley. You know, we we try not to compare her to her sister, but it's you know it's kind of so inevitable hard. that we do. And you could see that things weren't lining up the same. So the, the whole journey, we're kind of saying, well, you know, does she have a global developmental delay or is it CP or is it some, you know, autism or something else? Something is going on. And every time we'd go to a, you know, one of her annual checks, um, the doctors would reassure us, oh, no, she's fine. She's on track. You know, she's, she's a little bit she's behind. She's a bit behind, but, but yeah, it's not, not across the board, so it's nothing to worry about. And we'd go home and we're like, well... Is you it know, just us? You got to you got to try and trust the doctors because you know they're the subject matter experts. But 
we're also sitting there with our girl and like, well, it's not quite adding up. Um, so it was frustrating. It was frustrating process trying to, you know, not, not that we were like, ah, oh, our kid's disabled. We've got to put a label on it, but we wanted to get that assistance for it. And, um, and without having that, that backing, um, there was a real challenge to get that. So the process was frustrating, but now that we've got it and we are able to get the NDIS support and that sort of thing, you know, I'm glad we've got there. I'm just frustrated. It took longer than I think it should have had, had those doctors initially gone, Oh yeah, look, I can see early signs of this. Let's get the ball rolling on that while she's two. two. Yeah. You know, and Not then four. then she would be in full swing of these sort of therapies that she's in now. And all the therapists we've seen are like, oh, yeah, early intervention's the way to go. You've got to get on them early. It is still early compared to a lot of other people, so definitely not dismissing that. Um, but I think it, it lots of lots of therapy should have been started years ago. Yeah. Well, more consistent when years ago. When she's struggled to drink water her whole life. Maybe and poo her whole life and <laughs> walk know. her whole life and yeah. yeah. And then we see the therapist now and they're like, oh, she can't drink water properly. Is oh. is she not on thick and thin? Like, well, no, no one's ever mentioned <laughs> that. Like, you know. So I'm glad we've got there, but it was a frustrating, frustrating track part. to get there. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until we were filling out the NDIS application and writing our carers statement that we both kind of looked at each other and went, fuck. Like it was a huge slap in the face and a huge reality check to just how much we do with Riley and for Riley in 24 hours. Did you want to give everyone a rundown of like a typical day for mm-hmm. us and Riley without the juggle of all the other kids, of course? Yeah. yeah. So like obviously, you know, we do all this stuff with Riley and then it's just compounded because we still got to look after the other guys. But, um, you know, R- Riley, so she's – Almost four and a half, yeah? Yeah. And um, no chance she'd be able to dress herself. You know, she's obviously not toilet trained, so we're Still in changing nappies. You know, it, like even little things like get her water, but it's not – you can't just fill her water bottle up out of the tap now because we've got to mix it up to give her the water. So it's, you know, there's an extra process there. And, and then meds. Yeah, her meds and then – For her epilepsy. You yeah. make her food. But you got to make her food that she's. You got to cut it right, or she's not going to eat it. Yeah, you know, you got to have a little discussion with her before you give her. Yeah, it's probably not that different from some kids, but you know, there's just a it's lot like of a negotiation things. with her. Are you going to eat this? And then you make it, and then she's like, "No, throw it behind her." Yeah. And then she'll ask for something else, and it's just a constant battle with certain things, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But there's um, things like we have to pull her pants down to get her dressed. We have to change her nappy. We have to lift her into the car seat. Yeah. We have to lift her out of the car seat. And they're all little things. But when you have to do every little thing. When you say it written down on paper, it's oh, yeah, so it different. Out. And it's pretty much like it's hard because, you know, she's four and it obviously Hannah's can do all that stuff. And then we just can't treat her like a four-year-old. Yeah. You know, she's basically... Two-year-old? Oh, not even. Most two, most two-year-olds could do Certain more than she things. does. You know? She's pretty much a, a Macy Mark One. Oh. 
And that makes me feel so bad saying that, but this Considering is the they reality. Can wear the same clothes. Well, yes, they're both in. They're <laughs> the both in. <laughs> they're both in size. Yeah, the first iteration. Four nappies. Yeah. <laughs> size four nappies and size one pants. So yes, I guess it is true. Not saying that she isn't smart and that she isn't switched on with certain things, but it is a lot harder having oh, that job. Yeah. I mean, sometimes with so many surprise you. Yes. Yeah, she'll come out with something, and you're like, "Well, I didn't realize you understood that." But right. it is like having a newborn sometimes, having that young baby. Particularly when she's in a like in a funk, like in a in a mood. Yeah. And then her communication is gone. Ah. <laughs> like, mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. One of those days. Yeah, we're having a few of those lately. Mm. <laughs> anyway, now one of our followers has asked: Before the diagnosis, were you concerned too? Or were you just optimistic that nothing, it was nothing to worry about? Uh, yeah, I was concerned. But I was optimistic that she would grow out of it. A, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of the advice we would get while they were going through NICU and stuff was, oh, you know, by the time they're four or so, they've usually caught up to their peers. Mm, and There was a lot of that, yeah. So that you, you get a lot of that. And I know that... By school age, they'll be... Yeah, they they'll, should they'll be. have caught up and they'll be good to go. So you, you're kind of running on a lot of that advice, hoping that, that it's going to be the case. You know, but then you start, you know, when she starts missing milestones and not just missing them, it's not like, oh, she's not working, walking at one Oh, that's all right. She'll catch up. But then she's like, oh, she's two. Two and, and four months. And not walking. You're like, well, no, that's a bit of a red flag. For us it was, but for the doctors they just thought yeah. she was delayed. You know, so I think as time went on, I kind of got past that point of trying to be optimistic and it was obvious that things were going to be long-term and complicated. Um, yeah. But I guess we we just didn't know initially. So I was trying to maintain that optimism as long as we could. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of leads us to like we never expected to be changing nappies of a four-and-a-half-year-old, right? Uh, <laughs> like, no. We gave, we gave toilet training a good crack. When we but, did, Hannah. But Hannah and – like you can – Hannah and Addie just kind of picked it up. When they were ready, know? when the time was oh, ready. Oh, yeah. They, so they got to that point and we're like, all right, let's give it a whirl. And, and it would take a little bit of – you know, a little bit of prompting and then after a little while, they're just like, oh, yeah, we got this Done. now. We can do it. But. And we tried that with Riley. Made no progress. And it still has Oh, no, that's not true. A couple of times she would like, oh, do a wee on the potty today. And we'd be like, yeah, Riley, what are you But there was nothing consistent. And there was no. And then, yeah. Like none of the positive reinforcement would nothing works. help. <laughs> but she now, like. With CP, usually comes those concerns and struggles with her bowels and sluggish digestion. It's like a never-ending circle with Riley sometimes. So when she drinks little water or food, she becomes constipated. Then it's hard for her to push her poo out. Then she needs help to get the poo out, which leads her to being feeling like she's full constantly, which means she doesn't eat or drink, and around and around and around we go. Did you ever think we would be here four years later struggling with food, fluids, and nappies after our NICU journey? No. <laughs> no, that's your short answer. Yeah. Well, no, I thought 
from how she went through NICU and the, like the main concern obviously was her lungs in NICU. That was the big thing that everyone was worried about. And it still so is, it, but only to yeah, a certain point. Yeah, but now other things have kind of compounded. Yeah. Now. You know, so I thought she might have some immunity issues and, you know, maybe she wouldn't be able to run as quick as she get puffed real easy and things like that. It was That was what I kind of thought. Yeah. I didn't think it would be like, can we get her to drink a cup of water today? <laughs> can she to, drink more than 50 drink mils more than of water? Today, you know? And then like the other week when she was crook and she was not she wouldn't drink wouldn't drink fifty mils in the day. So we we're sitting her up at night syringing her what was it, ten mils at a time? Ten mils at a time. We'd get up every hour or so and syringe her ten like I didn't think we'd have to do that force and force water on our kid. No, and it's because she doesn't drink. Such a mental toll as well. So every little thing takes energy for us to be able to do and then mentally process the fact that we're doing this on our four-and-a-half-year-old. I would expect, potentially expect this from a baby, like you get up in the middle of the night, do a dream feed and things like that, like we've done with the other girls, but not a four-and-a-half-year-old. No, and I understand, like, in that case, she was she was crook and she wasn't having a good time, but the other girls were crook still, as well. Still drinking, but still they would, eating they a little bit less, enough. but... and they would still eat something. (laughs) But even when you ask the nurses and the doctors that we spoke to um, with the COVID care at home, I was trying to ask them, how many wet nappies does a a four-and-a-half-year-old have? And they're like, "Uh, half the amount of a normal, like how many normally she should have? I'm like, I need a number. Like how many, (laughs) how much? So we got to the point where we were literally weighing every nappy. We don't have a good scale. No, we don't. So what should a kid be doing? (laughs) So we were weighing every nappy, trying to get input and output. And, again, that is not normal at all. To have to think about (laughs) that. To have to think about that, to have to add that to your plate. Um, plus the juggle of all the other kids sick and things like that. But it's just those little things, isn't it, that add up. Zuno is the next level germ protection you've been waiting for. If you've followed me for a while now, you'll know how highly I speak of Zuno and their products as an added layer of defense against germs. My favorite product is their antibacterial hand sanitizers, perfect for all ages, even babies. It's water-based, alcohol-free, and scientifically proven. Zuno is a must in our household every morning. Even Macy knows how to rub her hands together with Zuno. I always have it on hand when we are out and about in case I forget to use it before we leave the house to minimise our chances of picking something up. Zuno helps make germs one less thing on the list to think about because us mums have enough on our plate, right? And when kids get sick, the routine is massively interrupted. Enjoy life's precious moments and stress less about nasties with Zuno. I found it. I found it really frustrating trying to talk to the um, the remote health thing when they were they were trying to say, "Oh, make sure she drinks enough water." How much is she drinking? And I said, "Well, she's had like fifty mils today, but you know she might have three hundred mils on a good day." And then she's all in a panic because oh, a kid her age should have minimum four hundred, you know. Like she, and I'm like, I know, but we, we can't know. get we can't get her to have that much. And she, you know, I know she means well, and she's right, 
but our kid doesn't do that. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> I'm trying we to know. get that across, and she's like, "You've got to get the water in." I'm like, "It doesn't work, mate." Like, I know what you're saying, but it doesn't work. It would have been so much easier <sighs> if we could have just taken her to hospital and put her IV in and had IV fluids, but they didn't do that when she was in hospital, surprisingly, because her nappies were wet enough, apparently, somehow. <laughs> but and we're also seeing a continence nurse um, for. All of that, which I never thought we would have to see. Mm. With all these appointments and specialists, Riley now sees a follower has asked, How do you feel in comparison to me regarding like the continuous therapies? Well, I'm glad she's got them. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad we've got the ability to do that. Finally. Like now, now that we've got onto the and like, in the system for the NDIS, I think it's been really good. Initially, I was like, oh, that's that'll be plenty of funding for her. And then you realize, <laughs> oh, I'm just so laughing. we're, we're going to do physio weekly and then OT. We and need then OT, speech, speech then, yeah. nutrition, continence. Like, oh, I think we need to try and get a bit more support. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm grateful we've got what we have. Uh, 100%. But, and kudos to you, Gretchen. You sorted out pretty much all of that. Thanks. So Thanks. appreciate that. <laughs> but I, I think. I didn't realize how much time that's going to take up, and how much she actually needed. Needed, yeah. That and was how many little things have come up from these. I don't want to call them tests. I suppose they're tests, assessments. That's yeah. the word. Assessments that they have done, and how many more things that we didn't know Riley needed or couldn't do, because they obviously fo- focus on the negatives, um, and a lot of that we were like. Oh, okay. And that was an interesting oh. change of tune from the other, you know, like a annual assessments where they're like, oh, no, she's pretty much on track. And then you see the, the, the OT, OT and, the and she's like, well, and no, she needs heaps more. Like, she needs she yeah. needs it, but they don't have capacity at the moment. And yeah. the speech, speechy was like doing the mealtime assessment and that's when she picked up that she should be on thick and fluids, but fuck, shouldn't ENT have picked that up when they did their flu- where her surgery? Oh, when they did the surgery and said, but they still haven't seen us. Yeah. And now it's like 18 months That's, later and they still haven't. Yeah. Everyone's going to be nodding along to this as well. Like another <laughs> yeah. whole nother story, whole nother frustration, but it's definitely. Way to, way to follow through on that one. <laughs> yeah. Definitely grateful that we are got our foot in the door now, at least. Right. How, how's us complaining about free yeah. <laughs> very grateful very very grateful um lately we both have noticed riley's behavior change and she hasn't grown out of those things such as like chewing mouthing throwing things lining things up playing with the baby toys that light up and having meltdowns that we've seen hannah grow out of it's hard sometimes having twins as we constantly compare them to each other don't we yeah yeah i know we mentioned that a bit but it's it is hard because we see Hannah just on a upwards trajectory now, and she's know. getting closer to Adeline and what Adeline can do, and yeah, under, Adeline's and how Adeline was acting when she was in, you know, pre-primary, kindy pre-primary. You know, she's acting really similar to that, and Riley's just not not even close. And I never thought I would be shopping at the op shops for the loudest, flashiest. <laughs> Um, buttons, the most button baby toy that I could ever find. This is, this is where you need the terrible uncle that gets you the noisiest yeah, toys at yeah, Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, those like, that we told people. <laughs> but we told family never buy us those because yeah. 
that we just weren't into that. And now, now I kind of regret that because that's what Riley needs. It's a shame though, because like you got that that little kitten thing the other day for her, and Macy's like, "Oh, great, a baby toy!" So she, she goes over it. and tries to get involved, and Riley's like, "No, that's mine." <laughs> and I never thought that we would have that. Like, whereas Hannah, she likes it. She does yeah, like it, but she's but not possessive. She's not. Of it, yeah, she's you know? not obsessed and possessive. She's like, "Oh, yeah, it's a baby toy." Macy wants to play with it. That's. Fine. That's okay. I'll go play with Addie's big girl Lego yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Riley's like, oh, okay, I'll play with the Lego and try and eat it. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah. Actually, an interesting point with that is like we're trying to get the kids to go to my folks for a couple of nights and Addie and Hannah, are, that's great. Addie and Hannah can go stay. Nan can manage them. And then we're like, oh, should we send Riley as well? Should Nan deal with that? Like As much as we would love a break. And we'd we love can't. to have her spend time with yeah. her grandparents, you know, like out on acreage in the garden and running the muck out there. Like Can't put that on them. So that's hard as well because you want her to be able to do the – do things with her sisters, with her twin, and with her grandparents, but you can't feel. lump that. We feel like we can't lump that on them. And, you know, even mum and my sister were like, had like mentioned like, oh, is Riley going as well? Is she going to? They're cautious about it. Uh, and we're like, no, we won't send Riley. And they're like, oh, okay, good. Like, because mm, it is hard work. Sweetheart. And it, I think it makes it easier when people have actually seen and witnessed how it's it's hard because I don't want to use the word hard. I don't want to use the word tough, but it is how tough it can be to look after Riley when she's in those moods on top of the constant, Riley, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you about to have a seizure? Are you okay? Yeah. Is she changing colour? Are you staring at the corner because you're about to drop or are you just staring at the corner because you're yeah. like the corner? So it's on top of that <laughs> worry already that we don't want to put onto someone else. Um, plus the safety side, like, and then if she has her huge meltdowns, like, do, will they know how to treat her stimming? Will they support it? Will they tell her off? Like, oh, there's just so much, and it's hard to separate that compared to Hannah, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that is it is a tricky one because a lot of the behaviour she does when she just needs a bright light in her face or something, you would look at it and you'd be like, oh, she's behaving badly, like discipline that child, but she just needs to stim on something. Yeah, so it's easy to get so, frustrated with her when we're like, what the fuck are you doing, Riley? Like when she's throwing things or biting or her sisters or even chewing objects and surfaces that she shouldn't be, all those things are like looking like potential autism or sensory processing disorder. Again, if she gets those diagnoses, it doesn't change her, but it allows us to help her in more ways. Even with all these tough moments, Riley is such an amazing, strong and cheeky girl that brings so much joy to our lives. How do you find these moments? As I know we both get as equally frustrated. We have touched on this already, obviously, and frustrated has come up a lot. And Interestingly, though, the last couple of times I've gotten really frustrated with her and I've tried to calmly tell her regulate yourself Riley, i'm frustrated at what you're doing it, she's actually 
I think take I don't know if she's taken notice or mm. if she's just been like, uh, I don't know what that means. I'm gonna do something else. Yeah. But you know, um maybe that's something we ought to do more often. Tell her how she's making us I do do that and know. I've had no difference. Oh really? Okay. All right. <laughs> I told her one. today she was making me very upset and she continued to smile and spit at me. Oh yeah, nice. So it's hard to know. Isn't it? Yeah, but she was probably going to bite you. So probably, so she did back <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um, but you're right. Like she, when she's in a good mood and when she's, you know, having a good time and stuff, she's super sweet. And she's got the cutest laugh. Like, oh yeah, yeah everyone you loves know, when it. she's like out of breath laughing, she's like, <laughs> 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 she's pretty funny. So it's not all. It's not all bad. She's pretty. She's really fun at times. But I think it's it's about us learning how to regulate her and then ourselves and providing support for when she's stimming. So if you don't know what stimming yeah. is, it's the behaviour of consisting consisting of repetitive actions or movements of a type that may be displayed by people with developmental disorders, most typically autistic spectrum disorders it helps them regulate their emotions when they cannot say what exactly is going on hmm like the other day it was only like 9 30 and she was just going nuts and so i just put her in a we've got a calm corner in her room there's just pillows everywhere and it's all plush i put her in there with a little baby toy with all the flashing lights so she was sitting with it up up to her face with the lights flashing in the lens and she goes can you make it dark so i had to shut all the blinds and made it pitch black and she goes put the light put the other lights on so her night lights are all flashing and mm. changing colors and going and then she's like all right shut the door so yeah, literally in a pitch black room she just needed to sit in a soft cozy corner with lights and noise flashing straight in her eyes and then like 20 minutes, oh, not even 20, like 10 minutes later, she comes wandering out and she's happy. She's happy. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like, we're, we're still one. learning what she needs in the moment. And we haven't found exactly what works every time, have we? So certain times, certain no. things work. Other times that does not work. Don't you dare no. try that. Like because, I try, sometimes I put her in her corner and she's like, I'm out of here. I'm running straight back and chucking stuff out of the table again. But then... Yesterday, when yesterday, day before, when you were holding her with a deep pressure, you swaddled, literally swaddled oh, her yeah. like a baby and held her for it was half an hour before I went to work. You were sitting there with like this constant pressure. Yeah. And that's what she needed in that moment. But then you try that other times and she's like trying to get out, yeah. throw things, bite you, hit you. <sighs> Spitting is the new one. Oh, yeah, she's doing that a lot lately. At, at her sister's a lot. All the time. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, it reminds me of when like you open a web page and the computer's struggling and it just gets stuck on that loading screen and going the cursor's and just around. going round and round and you're like, well, I know it's loading, but is it going to catch up at any time soon? Do I need to re, <laughs> you know? Oh, no, no, here we go. She's through. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's come back. <laughs> the page is loaded now. Yeah. yeah. Glitch in the matrix. <laughs> and, oh. The hitting, the biting, the spitting, the list could go on. In regards to everything, what would be the hardest part of raising a child with special needs? Um, yeah, that's a tricky question because, like, 
a lot of it's hard. <laughs> and I mean, and Riley, she has special needs and she's really challenging, but I know there's a lot of kids who are probably, you know, a lot more she's challenging. She's mild and, on the scale, really, considering. Yeah, so. So you feel you know, bad for her. <laughs> complaining. Yeah, kind of. I think the hardest thing is I can't treat her like a four-year-old. You know, like I can give I can give Hannah a bit of trust and a little bit of, little bit of leeway, but I can't do that with Riley. I've, no. Yeah, if I'm looking after her, I've got to keep an eye on her. It's a constant. Where time. are you, Riley? Are yeah. you okay, Riley? Oh, the other yes, yesterday when we're like, "Where's Riley?" We both kind of stopped <laughs> yeah. and we're like, "Fuck, where's Riley?" Because we knew She's the garage like, door was open a little bit because the dryer, was, dryer was going, and we accidentally left the garage inside door open so we were like rushed through the is house where is she yeah what's she getting she into was... um whereas hannah we knew hannah wouldn't go near any of that stuff if we need to but luckily because we she her. knows not to yeah riley doesn't have that filter no safety wise she doesn't, she doesn't have, that. have that there's no filter she could be anywhere in the house but we found her in our bedroom floor lying on our bedroom floor yeah in the sun in the she sun. likes the sun because she's a cat in a pasta. <laughs> um, but she was just quite happy just laying in our bedroom on the floor. But other times we found her in the play kitchen, in the fridge of yeah, the play the kitchen. Just and you disappears for half an hour. You're like, where everywhere. the fuck's the kid gone? And she's tucked up in the in the fridge of the little Kmart play kitchen. So it is having that yeah. trust. So that. Yeah, you like think? you go for a walk or put them on their bikes. And oh, yeah. I know Hannah's not going to run onto the road. Well, you say Riley might not. No, she no, might not she'll run onto the road and lick it. She, yeah, yeah. Or she'll go that's too happened. far when we say, "Okay, you got to go to this house and yeah, this yeah. house, and that's it." Yeah, you can it. ride your box on the footpath, but you turn around at this one and this one, and then the next thing you know, she's off around and she's the going corner. around the corner, and, and you have like, to run after her. Ugh. So it's like that. She's in that <clears> stage of. Is it about two that they haven't quite learnt that eighteen months to two? Where they haven't learned that boundary of like safety. Yeah, it'd be about that. So safety and also listening to your boundaries. Yeah. You know? Like we can try and set a boundary for her. She laughs at us. And she's like, mm, whatever. Do a main thing. Yeah. So I think that's the challenge. I can't treat her like I would want to treat a kid her age. Yeah. Especially because we've got Hannah to compare to. Yeah. And it's a pretty broad thing. I mean, still, it's a very valid point. Yeah. And then, what would your advice be for other dads out there being confronted by a diagnosis for their child? Mm, Another tricky one. Um, I think. I think my advice would be the diagnosis doesn't change your kid. So even though it's they have a label. Um, they're still the kid that you know. That Doesn't you love. change them, yeah. Um, and hopefully, having that diagnosis is only going to be beneficial in the long term. Having a label on it hopefully will mean you'll be able to tailor your therapies or treatment or your management of them. I guess that would be my advice doesn't change them yeah and just remember that 
So I just want to say a big thank you to you, Justin, for being my rock through everything we have gone through. You're an amazing father and husband, and I couldn't imagine going through this journey with anyone else. No, no, no. Um, I just want to read a passage that resonated so well with us. And I know a lot of you will too, in regards to raising a special needs child. His heart aches for his child and his mind swells with the thoughts of what was supposed to be. He thinks of how he should be playing catch in the backyard with his son instead of lifting him into bed at night because he's gotten too heavy for mum to do it. He thinks of how he should be letting his little girl play dress-ups with him and having tea parties instead of setting up the feeding pump that will give her nutrients through a feeding tube for 18 hours straight. While he holds onto hope that his miracle with so many special needs will get better, he experiences what true love is daily through his child and accepts this life, puts on a brave face for his family, goes to work to pay the bills and is always there to hold his wife when she feels like she doesn't know what to do or where to turn. That last bit makes me tear up. <laughs> Want to go where? <laughs> <laughs> Justin's got tears in his eyes too, just so you know, guys. No, nah, it's just dust or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. It's, it's such a beautiful little piece. Um, <laughs> and relatable. And relatable. There we go. It is relatable. <laughs> Um, we hope you guys like listening to Justin's point of view. And as always, if you have a moment to rate and review Raw on your podcast platform, we would be so, so grateful. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> a little bye. bye. <laughs> okay. It's like Macy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.